This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. We're live with Stephen Revere. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Hero Academy. If you're a frontline hero, police officer, fire, EMS, military, or medical professional, then you're in the right place and this show is for you. This week, I'd like to introduce you to Lieutenant That's right. Stephen Revere. Uh, what do you do? So I'm a lieutenant in a sheriff's office in upstate New York. I'm in charge of the Special Operations Bureau, which does violent crime, gang, guns community policing at times you know whatever the boss asks us to do we do but it's an intelligence like policing unit that's very very cool sign man you're very very blessed <laughs> i have a great job i have great bosses uh right now not what a great community that's uh that's behind us how many years you got in i have 21 years 21 years yeah it goes, 23. Fast, it goes fast yeah, it goes very know. fast <laughs> it goes I very back fast at, at pictures and i go where did the time go what's a short version of your life tell us about yourself I don't know if there's any short versions of life anymore. It's been a crazy ride. Uh, I was involved in public safety at a young age. At 16 years old, I joined a local fire department and thought, hey, that's where my life was going to go uh, until I actually started playing fireman. And I realized the downtime was a lot more than the exciting time. So then I uh, got introduced to the, the police world a little bit here, a little bit there, talking to the guys on scenes and said, hey, you know what? Those guys are as busy as they want to be most of the time. And uh, when you're a guy that's got probably ADHD, uh, you want to keep busy because it keeps you out of trouble. So, you know, went to college for the criminal justice thing, took a bunch of tests, got hired, was fortunate enough to work and be very, very busy at work, was able to move up pretty fast, got into intelligence step policing, field intelligence, uh, did well in the sergeant's exam, got made a sergeant, did well there, got made a detective sergeant, ran a unit, and then uh, got promoted lieutenant a couple of years ago, and it's uh, it's been great, man. Where'd you get the uh, nickname, the good lieutenant? It's a great uh, nickname, because, by the way. <laughs> because, you know, I'm not the bad lieutenant, so I got to be the good lieutenant. <laughs> you know, just uh, I have guys that really believe in what we do here. They buy into the program that we run, and uh, I'm, I'm blessed, like you said. So our stories are similar. I took a lot of exams also. One, I, did, I didn't take the state police, but I took NYPD. I took uh, my local county. I took Parks Police. I took Port Authority also. I got called for all of them, did well on all of them, and I ended up doing back-to-back academies. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took tests from Virginia to Vermont, Connecticut all over New York. I was hired, God bless me, in the process. So I almost all of them had my choice. Uh, I just really wanted to be in, in my local county here, you know, where I grew up mostly. Uh, to me, it's nothing cooler to say your boss is elected 
yeah. by the people. And if the people don't like what you're doing, they're going to let somebody else. So you have to be part of that community. And I really like the community policing aspect of what we do. I was in uh, community policing for 10 years, which is uh, probably five years, a little too long. <laughs> but <laughs> I enjoyed too bad, right? I, I enjoyed shaking hands and kissing babies and being out there uh, on the bikes and doing the parades. I enjoyed all of that stuff, you know. And then when we weren't doing the parades, we got to be active, you know. So it was a really good unit. And I enjoyed my time there. But I, like I said, I probably stayed too long. Where did you stay your longest stint? Like, tell me about your career. Well, I was in patrol for seven years. Uh, and then I went to field intelligence. And I've pretty much been in that. It's morphed into different things, all the way to the Special Operations Bureau, which it is today. Uh, and like I said, now we're doing, uh, we're doing the violence, the gang activity, the guns, uh, warrants. Uh, my youth's in charge of doing all the warrants for, for the county. Uh, it's a really so dangerous. I've been here. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, quite honestly, it's TV stuff. Um, people don't uh, realize how much work goes into the things that we do. But literally, we sit around and talk every Monday morning. We have a meeting and it's literally TV stuff. It's really, really crazy. Yeah, the stuff that you guys are doing is, for those that are listening, it's highly, highly dangerous. And you're going after the worst of the worst type of bad guys. I'm sure safety is a big concern for your guys. Do you vest up still? or You, you probably don't oh, go yeah. out too often, right? No, you know, we're, we're not that big a unit. I think we have 18 total right now. That's so, a lot. Yeah. I'm out there with the guys, especially on the high risk stuff, because you know, somebody's got to be the boss. Somebody's got to make the decision. So we'll go out. You know, sometimes we have four or five teams spread out uh, doing different warrant operations, and sometimes it's all of us together. But yeah, I'm still out there as much as uh, I got to do the admin stuff. I still like to get my hands dirty. When you guys go serve warrants, is ESU part of your team, or are they like a completely separate unit? Yeah, so we'll use ESU or SWAT depending on the threat matrix. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we're going after a number of people at the same time. So the threat matrix has to slide, and then my guys will directly go after a target while the issue hitting another target at the same time. Do you have any side businesses? I do. I got a, a couple side hustles, as you call them. Uh, I'm a co-owner of thoseguysprint.com, which is a, an apparel and custom promotional products business, which I've been doing with my partner Dave since 2017. Love doing that stuff. Love being a part of that. My wife and I uh, own an LLC where we're flipping houses. Wow. So we're, we've been doing that for quite some time as well. That keeps us busy together uh and then the, the podcast you know behind the tin that keeps me keeps me busy too plus work and charitable things that we're involved in so yeah it's great tell us about the podcast behind the tin because i was reading up on it and our missions are so similarly aligned it's, it's very cool uh, i don't know how you find the time to do the podcast flip houses and run the apparel company <laughs> it's like so much adhd you gotta keep busy you get in trouble so it's, it's the, uh, behind the tin was an idea dave that uh, i was seeing a lot of these videos police officers and firefighters doing music videos and you know, playing basketball in uniform, which is all fine and dandy, but they were calling that humanizing the badge. And to me, humanizing the badge was things that guys and girls are already doing, whether they were coaching their kids' little league team or they started a business or they were involved in a charity. That really is humanizing the badge. One of the coolest things is when you're a coach and, and I did that and I've been in charities and I have the business and you're, you're rocking and rolling with those things. And then all of a sudden they find out you're a police officer or a firefighter and they go, oh, I didn't know that. Like, why? Did you think I'd be different if I was one of those things? And they're like, no, I just, you know, I didn't think cops did that stuff. Or I didn't think firefighters did that stuff. And you're like, yeah, we, we do that and more. You know, because we're only, we're eight to 12 hours. We're busting our home, protecting the community and serving. Yeah. Then we're doing all this other stuff. And to me, I really wanted to accentuate that stuff. And the guests that we've had on, man, it's mind-blowing some of the things that these guys and girls are doing when they're not working. The one episode I listened to, the guy has a pretty big YouTube following. And he's grown a, a huge YouTube. He's basically building out a, a television show on YouTube, which is pretty cool. It really is cool. Again, I like everything to a sports team. And if you ever played sports for that two or three hours, you guys have the same mission. In police world, it's the same thing. For eight hours, 12 hours, we have the same mission. Keep the community safe, make sure we go home. Sports is the same thing. We want to win. We're going to play offense, defense, whatever sport you're playing. 
But after you left the game, you had kids that went home and played an instrument or went and played video games or did had to work on their farm or for their parents' business. It's the same thing with us. So I think really humanizing the badge is showing people that that's what we're doing too. I love it, man. That's really cool. What's your biggest obstacle with uh, growing your businesses? It's got to be time, right? Time. Time. Yeah, you hit right on the head, man. Time. You know, I'd love to really try to set away a couple hours a day for each thing, but it just gets difficult. You know, we, we never get to pick the time when we work. You know, yeah, it says eight to four, nine to five is what's on schedule, but crime has no time, right? Criminals don't abide by a schedule. So unfortunately, things have to be flowing and it does ebbs and flows. So that, that's the hardest thing is finding the time to really dedicate to each thing. Is your schedule straight days? Uh, on, paper? <laughs> yeah, on paper, it's straight days, Monday through Friday, but it's never, it never works out that way. So I flip-flop. I work days and nights, uh, nine to five and then five to one the, the following week. And when I'm on days, I don't schedule anything for the evening because I never know if I'm going to get held over. And like you said, there's no sure. there's no time schedule for for domestics and criminal contempts and assaults yeah. and robberies. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to really plan. And, and unfortunately, that's what affects some of us from getting involved in our community even further is literally we can't dedicate. I can't say I could be at practice at 5 p.m. every day for right. my kids' team. I just right. can't do it, you know, especially as you, you get into more specialized units or you become a boss. You can't just do that. And, and that's tough, man, because I'd like to do more. Quite honestly, I love when I coach football. Did it for years, but then as you you move times uh, for your schedule and things happen, you can't be that rock for them. So you have to step aside, unfortunately. I'm looking forward to retiring so that I can just podcast like <laughs> all day long. You know, uh, I had the longest conversation. I think it was before we started recording. I was telling you I was on Two Cops One Donut his uh, his podcast, and he does it Joe Rogan style. He likes the long tail interviews, and I was like, bro, I only do half hour long interviews. <laughs> he does he well, does three hours, man. We- Short attention spans. We can't go too long. He must have a different following. He does three hour long interviews. And I'm like, man, I don't know how you can talk to someone for that long. Two cops and 12 donuts if he's going to do that. (laughs) What's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in your career? People have been there and done that. Uh, As special as you think you may be, or you may be the first one in your unit department. Somebody's been there and probably done it. So use them. Use them for the experience they have. Use them for the lessons they've learned. So you don't have to repeat the mistakes that were made in front of you. I think I've done a really good job of doing that, not reinventing the wheel, but keeping my eyes open, respecting my elders and the experience in front of me and making sure you pay attention. So I think uh, as long as I can keep living by that and others can live by that, I think that's the lesson that I pass on to everybody. That's an incredible lesson. Uh, you probably live by the same code when it comes to business as well, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I rely heavily on my partner who's been in the business since he was 18 years old. I bring certain attributes to the company, but he, I let him run it day to day because that's what he knows. That's what he does. So why change what's working? You, know, you guys incorporated? We are. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have more than one corporation or are you just one umbrella corporation? No, I have uh, two right now. We have thoseguysprint.com and then we have the LLC for the, the houses. And did you say something about a nonprofit too? Yeah, I've been on several nonprofit boards, probably a dozen or so in my adult life and, and always volunteered. I was brought up that way, giving back and helping those who don't have what you have. Uh, to me, that's a hum- very humbling experience. It keeps you very grounded. You know, Dave, as you've you know, been on the streets like I have and you see some horrific things, man. And sometimes it beats you up and you don't want to take it home and you think you have a bad day. Well, go help a kid that's, that's got cancer and, and may not see Christmas. Or the mom and dad who's you know striving to just to buy that smallest present. You know, Giving back just changes your whole perspective in life. So I really have always tried to do that, stay grounded and, and help my community in any way I can. What was the number one way to take yourself out of a funk? You know, like you, like you just said, if you had a uh, Netflix special, what would it be? I think just spotlighting what people are doing without the accolades uh, that other people are looking for. So you know, it'll be, it'll be like your gesture. show. It'll be like your show. Oh, yeah, but, but you take it on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many people that do things. Obviously, they don't look for recognition, but they do the smallest things. And every once in a while, you see on the news, oh, the cop pulled over and he gave the homeless guy ten bucks or gave him a pair of boots. 
that happens every single day. Yep. Every single day. We just don't have cameras following us at that minute, or it's not in a spot where somebody's filming with their cell phone. Every single day, the, the men and women that I've worked with and myself included and others that don't work with me are doing those things, you know, and I think maybe just highlighting it. Just, you know. Stephen, are you in, are you in New York? Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, body cams are coming pretty much across the country, but uh, they're coming in New York, like, like, you know, like, like a swarm. So they're coming fast. So I think there'll be more of those special moments captured on video. And they'll, you know, like you said, it's not like there's cameras following, but those body cams are going to change people's perspective, I think for the better. Oh yeah. Listen, the one thing body cameras always tell people is they're facing out, not in, you know, people are always worried about what looks like going to show the cop and it's going to show the cop working just like he always has except it's going to show you the mirror you know when, when you've been them you go to domestics and people don't even realize how they're acting or what they look like to us uh, or what they've said they forget because they're such an enraged the camera's facing them and i think that's why the camera movements died down a little bit because they start to see themselves and what they look like in the mirror yeah well, who's some of your heroes you know i think it all depends on, on what aspect of life we're talking about you know i have heroes uh in the spiritual world you know different priests and and, and reverence that I've dealt with that just give you that emotional support that you need and that guidance. I had heroes in the, the police field that just you know show you how to do the right thing and be one of those five percenters that are always the go-to guys that work. Here's in the business field, here's in the nonprofit field. I think it, to sum it up, a, a hero is someone that you can admire that will give back to you without any recognition sought for themselves or any monetary value that they may be able to encumber from you because they want to do the right thing in selfish. And if you didn't have to work, like say you could retire this year, what would you spend all of your time doing if, if money wasn't really an issue? I think I would just um, keep doing most of the stuff that I'm doing except for, you know, I would continue doing the business. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I continue doing the podcast. I enjoy it. Continue flipping the houses. I enjoy it. Maybe travel a little bit more and not be home, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop quote unquote working in other, other ways. No, I don't think there's a re if you're having fun doing what you're doing, I don't think there's ever a reason to stop. You know, unfortunately, in our careers, you do age out at a certain point and, uh, you know, they give you the boot and they say, okay, time for you to move on. But, uh, for some people, I think they can find other ways to serve, you know, serve the community, serve humanity, serve the public, you know, with the platform that you have and the platform that you're building, I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, I applaud you for that. It's, it's incredible behind the tin. We're doing it too, man. Yeah, man. Behind the tin is a really important podcast. How many episodes have you published? You know, we've published 24, I think we're up to 24, 25, and we have a bunch in the hopper. You know, we've been releasing them four blocks, four at a time in blocks, just because we find that cops and firemen binge listen. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to give you four right away. Uh, so when you're traveling, you're at work, you know, that's going to cover about a four hour period each time we drop some. So each time you drop, you drop four, and then how long do you? Every like, month. Every month you drop another four. and a, Okay. Yeah. All right. I was trying, I was looking at the uh, published dates and I was trying to figure out how you guys released them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's weird. Like we'll, we'll put it up, um, but we won't actually send it out to everyone or announce that it's released. We'll just, you know, the producer, Justin, the civilian producer will get it done. He'll put it up and then we wait till we get the four up there to, to drop them. Or we give, uh, you know, some of our subscribers a heads up, Hey, we're going to drop one early for you, but we've seen great success in dropping four at a time. You know, it was a conversation we had back and forth. We do one a week. Do we do, you know, four a month? And I said, you know, so let's, let's binge it, man. Let's do it. That's cool. Who did your website and your, your blog and everything? So it's a, it's a combination of Justin and myself. Um, whoever's got the time, whoever's got an idea, discuss it. Okay, it sounds great. Go do it. Or yeah, we're not going to do that one. But for the most part, we're on the same page, everything that we're doing. So it's a shared shared venture. I like your contact form. I was looking at it. I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. Because every time I talk to another podcaster, I get another idea on how to make mine better, you know? Of course. Of course. 
Take whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, it's not stealing. It's uh, innovating, right? <laughs> That's right? Collaboration, as you call it. Right? Collaboration. I, I definitely believe in collaboration over competition. What's your next project? And are you promoting anything right now? So our next project uh, that we've talked about is we've seen a huge influx in the mental well-being of first responders and their families. So talking to our different guests and being the platform that we've been able to become, we're probably looking to host a mental well-being conference or consortium in the near future once everything calms down and everyone uh, feels comfortable getting together again. And I think just that network that we can create uh, from behind the tin and from what Justin does and what I do uh, is probably going to be our next venture. If you have a live event, I would love to be one of your speakers. I would crush it. I promise you that. It's Um, one of the coolest things we've been asked to do, Dave, too, is we've been asked to do a bunch of live podcasts. You know, and podcasts historically, obviously, are are recorded and released. And we've been asked to, hey, can you record in our bar or in our restaurant? Or can you come down and speak to us? You know, we were just down at the Columbia Association for the NYP. They asked us to speak. That's been cool, man, to see that instant gratification from people's faces. Hey, I like what you're talking about, where the guest has such a great idea about something. To have that live interaction has been really cool. We did one at a local stadium up here during a a 9-11 event where they gave us a a suite. We were able to bring the guests up to the suite. We were able to bring up some some people to watch, and it was just cool. So we've been getting those requests, too, which was neat to me. I saw a lot of your podcasts are actually face-to-face and live. Yeah. Yeah, we try to get as many people as we can live. It's cool, right? It's cool to meet people. It's cool to have the private conversations, not just what you're recording, but to get that brotherhood and the similarities that you've had with everyone. But the best part is to put people together. So we'll try to get people who's got a connection, maybe they don't realize, and have them one after the other so that when we hit the button to stop recording, we introduce two people. And next thing you know, it's just magic that happens. It really is, man. And Because it's a network. Yes, it is. This world is is a network. And if we can help that network, we're all going to get better from it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How can my audience contact you or find out more information about you? Where, where should they go? Yeah, if you want to listen to Behind the Tin, go to behindthetin.com. All our information there. Like you said, we have the contact form. We're always looking for guests. We're looking for followers and subscribers, of course. If you want to find out more about the businesses, you go to the, uh, thoseguysprint.com. We'd love to have you as a, a customer and a, and a friend. Anything that you need to know, pretty much those two websites, if you want to contact me directly, you can go to Behind the Tin and send us an email and I can help you in any way I can. What is uh, Those Guys Print? What is that? So thoseguysprint.com is a company that my partner David and I started. I was involved in a lot of nonprofits. Dave was involved in the production of apparel, signs, promotional products. Uh, He was very successful. He sold his business to a national franchise. And he came to me and said, hey, Steve, uh, you've been one of my best friends since high school and also one of my best customers. But the way you always came to me was, if it's a nonprofit, take care of them. Help them out. You know, they have small amounts of money to deal with their mission. And the more that they can keep towards their mission, the more people they're going to help. So if you could take care of him, Dave, I'd appreciate it. And he always did. So when he had another opportunity to start another business, he came to me and said, hey, I want to I want to work off your mission. I want to help the nonprofits and give back, but I want to make some money too. I said, okay, we can do that as long as you promise me that's what we're going to continue to do. So we, we have done that and we've been very successful. Uh, we do any kind of apparel you can think of, any kind of decoration uh, style from screen print to embroidery, dye sublimation. We do all of it. And then all the promotional products you never think of. If you want a company or a logo on something, we, we do it all. It's a lot of fun, man. You know, I, I reminisce, Dave, every once in a while when you're a young kid, you said, where do I want to be in life? And at one point, you want to be a cop or a fireman or a business owner or a radio DJ, you know, and you're sitting there with the headphones and the microphone. And man, if you ever wanted to be a radio DJ, you've now succeeded, right? And with Behind the Tim, we've done that. I wanted to own a business my whole life. I wanted to own a sporting goods business. Started with something cool, love sports. Now we're designing uniforms. We're doing some for minor league baseball teams. We're doing some for rec teams. And we're helping wow. them out. So I've now fulfilled that dream of mine. And the house thing, my dad was a, a blue collar guy who worked for the government in the veteran administration hospitals running the shops there. So I always got my hands dirty, you know, working with him. Now we're doing the house thing. So we're involved in that. So I am 100% blessed when I look back and seeing all the, the small check boxes that I wanted to accomplish in my life. I continue to do it. But, you know, 
I don't think you ever stop dreaming. You ever stop trying to reach new goals. So I don't know, like you said, what's the next goal? I want to do that conference, but who knows after that, man? Man, I want to put together a online summit as well. I'm big into doing things from home and doing things online. I do like meeting people in person and I, I love going to live conferences, but I'm big working from home. Like I think I'd like to travel six to 12 times a year for business, but the rest I definitely want to do from home. And uh, the only bad part about working from home is you end up eating more than you would if you were out. Because I'm I'm always going upstairs into my uh, into my snack cabinet. Yeah, you eat more, but drink less, probably. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last five questions for you. You already defined a hero, but if you could just like sum it up in a couple of words, what's your definition of a hero? Or what's the best definition that you heard? Because I know you asked your guests the same question. Yeah, I mean, you know what? They're all kind of similar. Uh, some people give you a name of a person, or you know, they go to the Webster's Dictionary. Again, you know, I think to sum it up, it's just that person willing to give of themselves without expectation of anything in return. You know, and it can be the smallest thing sometimes. That hero's just opening the door. That sometimes that hero's running into the burning building. You know, it's just that, that giving of yourself without the expectation of things in return. And uh, when stress is at its highest and you're starting to feel like you're just getting a little burnt out, how do you save yourself? You know, actually, Dave, that's a good one. And I actually give this same advice to a lot of people. Put yourself back to the night before you started the academy. Close your eyes and remember that day because you probably tried your uniform on before your first day no matter if you're a fireman or policeman, that sense of pride that you had, that I was going to do anything. I don't care what day you wanted me to work, what hours you had me scheduled for. I was just so proud to eventually be there. Put yourself back in those shoes when things get too much and the boss is on you or work is too much. You say, you know what? Put myself back at that 20, 21-year-old kid, man. All of a sudden, you're like, you know what? You're right. I'm living my dream. I'm here. It ain't that bad. No, it's not that bad. That's what I say all the time. You know, I look around and I'm like, this ain't that bad. <laughs> I know we're doing better than a lot of people. You know, I tell people 2008, the financial crisis, I was never worried about being laid off or where my next paycheck was coming. Because uh, unless the entire government shuts down, you know, the entire state shuts down, which we were close to a couple of times. But unless that happens, you're always going to get paid. So that's the one upside. The downside is that your income is capped. You know, that's that's the benefit of being in a business is that there's no cap to your income, right? That's the whole thing. That's why I got that side hustle, brother. That's why I got those side hustles. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your best ability? What's your your greatest strength? Multitask and lead. Multitask and lead. Yeah. And uh, for fun, if you had a comic superpower, what would it be? And why? Ooh. You know, I, I used to say probably reading minds, but then as you get to know certain people, you probably don't want to know what's inside their head. So so probably, you know, I'll go with the easy way out and just flight, just to be able to, to get past that traffic more than anything else. There's nothing wrong with flight. Flying represents freedom, you know. A lot of people choose flight because just imagine bending your knees and just blasting off into the sky. It's like the greatest idea in the world, you know? Sounds good to me. I appreciate your time, Stephen. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, I'm definitely going to fill out the form and hope that I make it make the cut to be on uh, Behind the Tin. Well, Dave, we're definitely going to get you on. Thank you for what you're doing. The similarities of our shows is just Spooky. awesome. We have, to, <laughs> we, have to, we have to certainly collaborate. I'm going to send some people your way also because there's some real heroes out there doing things that the Hero Academy really needs to accentuate. Thank you very much, Stephen. And uh, we'll talk more when we're done. Absolutely. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, 
something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.